Welcome to this episode of Demystified as we explore home cooking in the modern world. I'm Linda and I'm here with my friend Paul. Hey Paul. Hello Linda. How are you? Exploring cooking in a modern world apparently. Yes we are. <laughs> well that's what we do. Yes. Sometimes. Sometimes. How are you? Alright, busy. Busy day. You are having another busy day. You have not stopped running, getting ready for an event tonight. Yep, but that's okay. We're in the, actually in the kitchen. We are in the kitchen today. Yeah. I know it's nice. Lots I'm looking all around, everywhere. trying to keep my fingers out of things. Bread baking. Yes, lots of little containers with some goodies in, but I'm keeping away from them. I notice I've got to be sitting over here, yes. away from everything. On the other side of the bench. Yes, yes. which is where I normally are with you. So I went to uh, my uh, beautiful friend Bernadette's house at the night for dinner. Ah, yes. And she had a really nifty dessert idea, and I thought I'd share it. So my friend Bernie um, has a doesn't really like desserts that much. Yep. But she loves having people over, and this isn't that gruel rubbish that you were promoting no, no, for a while. No, there. no, 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 that's my dessert. No, this is what this was is that my, called again? Boo goo. Um, yeah. But Bernie had uh, so not with a great love of desserts and not really wanting to, uh, you know, create something and have it locked left over because she doesn't eat it. But she did this really clever thing, which I thought I'd share. So. She made some easy lemon curd, lemon butter, mm-hmm. or something like that. I, I think, is that what it's called overseas? Lemon curd. Lemon yeah. curd. Pretty easy, butter, some eggs, sugar, lemon juice. Yep. Um, doesn't take that long, no. and you can get it to your desired thickness yep. pretty simply. Although you might have some suggestions on how to fix it if it's too thick or too runny. Mm-hmm. And she made a pot of that, and then got some little freezer uh, ready to bake little pie tart cases and some uh, and just whipped up some cream and so for dessert we could just help ourselves with by putting in a nicely warmed pie tart base mm-hmm. with some lemon curd and mm-hmm. a little bit of cream and it was really clever because you got to have one like me or three like, like Doug, Doug. yeah <laughs> and it wasn't too filling and I thought that's really clever and Make can your be, own. Yes, and because the excess... Like choose your own adventure. Choose your own adventure. <laughs> not not the same. No. But, um, but I just thought that was really clever because A, the pie cases unused could keep mm. and B, the curd, the unused curd could then be turned into something else or, you know, given, like put on toast or crumpets or put into other... Lemon curd on toast. Okay, that's new. What? Yeah. You've never had that? I don't do you sweet don't. for breakfast. No, no, you don't. Yeah. But, um, but I just thought that would be interesting to share that sometimes a simple uh, little idea yeah. doesn't have to be a big, fancy-looking you know, dessert that looks beautiful, like it's come out of... Well, one of the classics along those lines, and it's a bit different, but when you say simple but, you know, doesn't have to look like super spectacular, it's probably eat mess. Yes, which is how most of my pavlovas end up. <laughs> but, I mean, essentially, like, you go in with the grandest of plans of making a pav and let's say something happens, doesn't mean... And this is kind of a theme for um, Bernie's, I think, previous dinner where the oven crapped out. Yes. And what are you going to do with the ingredients that you have? So let's just take that theory. Like you go in going, okay, I'm going to make a pav. It doesn't turn out 100% exactly how you wanted it. It doesn't mean that it's not useful. You're still going to need some whipped cream. You've still got fruit there. Like basically layer it into a glass, eat and mess. Like 
for want of a better term, eating mess is, you know, got some other ingredients in it. But realistically, why not? Absolutely. Well, I have been known to make a pav and it's turned out rather big on the baking tray in the oven. And then when I've come to transport it to where we're going, it won't fit. I can't find a tray big enough and it breaks anyway. But I have a number of bowls with lids on that I've just, in the end, roughly broken up the pav, poured in the cream, poured in the fruit and taken it like that, which is actually easier to serve. In a lot of ways, yeah, Yeah. than a pav, which takes up a lot of space. When someone's, you know, sometimes when you go into someone's house and fridge space is at a premium, you know, you're trying to sort of take out somebody else's dessert or find ways of layering your big tray of pav. The only uh, thing I would say with, like, Bernie's example of buying some tart cases, essentially... um, My thing is, if with pastry, right, you cannot... There's just something about handmade pastry. There is. And you can't beat it. Now, it's getting better, like, you know, um, manufactured pastry, if you like, on a large scale. It's certainly better than what it was. Like, you can get some really good puff pastry now. Not necessarily the, like, supermarket brands, but nonetheless, there is some good... You can buy some really good buttery puff pastry these days. But... Tart shells, they're kind of, I would imagine that they're kind of par-baked. So, you know, they only need to be warmed through. I just, there's never enough butter in them, is my, and I don't even know if they use butter, to be honest. I I would suggest that probably a vegetable shortening like oil or margarine or something like that is used. So they're never buttery enough or short enough for me. But No, but they are convenient. Yes, They're in the freezer. Yeah. You don't have to have a supply of different trays or cut you have the most amazing selection of things i don't i don't no, but work you, on a shoestring here like we don't have that much no but you yourself like you know like little muffin things and bigger things and trays i have so few of those at home and it's i would not have here. <laughs> <laughs> but i would not have any little pie casings to make those in and so that's what i think yeah i mean you, but you could make them in a muffin tin okay like so I understand the convenience, but I think there's a, like, for me, like a homemade lemon curd, fantastic, brilliant, you know, some whipped cream, great. But there's just something about handmade paint. Now, call me a snob, I don't care, right? But I think if you're going to do that, maybe, like, shop around to see where you can get the best pastry cases. Okay, so where... Um, I've, I've seen got no you... idea. No, no, I have no, but I've seen you roll out on very rare occasions a, uh, a roll of pastry from somewhere. Where do you get that kind of pastry? R- rather than like the pampas oh, yeah, or the pre-cuts the that are sheets. flat sheets that are you know defined by size. Oh well, if you've seen me roll it out, I will have made it. Oh, yeah. Right. So there's some like you can go to a bakery and ask them. A, like a, you, a bakery, bakery. Yeah. And ask them for... A sheet of puff pastry. Oh, really? Well, I don't say why not. If they've got it there, they'll give it to you. Well, sell it to you. Sell it to you. But, yeah, why not? Like, I would much rather that because nine times out of ten, it's going to be fresh, so it's not going to be frozen, so Mm -hmm. therefore it hasn't got any ice build up on it, number one, because water is, you know, not going to do your pastry. Like, the funniest thing is, is that if you look at, like, a good quality puff pastry versus a let's say 
pre-cut sheets from the freezer roll in the supermarket, have a look at the colour of it. The pre-cut sheets in the freezer roll are like a white piece of paper. Yeah? Yeah. Often very, very white, which, yes, they will puff, but there's no butter content. And half the thing with puff pastry is, you know, it's laid with, but it's like a croissant without the yeast. It's very similar in the process of making a croissant. And it's the folding of butter in layers through the pastry that makes good puff pastry. And given that you can make like rough puff, which is takes 20 minutes, and a short crust takes no time at all. And there's some, like even to make a short crust, right? Everyone's like, I'll oh, rub the butter through your fingers and you know, da-da-da, that's time consuming. If you actually chill your butter and freeze it, right? So if you have a block of butter in your freezer and freeze it and then grate on a box grater, grate the butter into the flour, it rubs through instantaneously. That is a really clever idea. Because <laughs> I have often wondered... Well, because people dice the butter into cubes, right? And yeah. then it never gets... They never get that it really good sandy... like. And yeah. the idea is is that you don't want to work it too much because the more you work it, the more it'll shrink. Yeah. Right? So the okay. less you work it... So well, if you grate your idea, butter... Paul. Oh, thanks, Linda. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I've often wondered what sort of shortcuts you might have because I see how much pastry you can sort of use and I just think wow where did you find time to do that yeah I, but yeah, I mean okay. I do like so like a great go to and I like probably the best sort of go to standard pastry is Maggie Beer's sour cream pastry it is a no fail no matter what you do no matter how bad a cook you are you can't mess that pastry up. Why were you up. looking at me when you said that? Well, who else? There's no one else in here. <laughs> yes, but you really <laughs> But that's a no-fail, like... Okay. Sour cream... Pastry. Yeah, and okay. it can be used for sweet, savoury, anything. Okay. Right? So it's And it's really, really super simple. You can do it in a food processor. Okay. So super simple. So I'm not... No, no, but saying you, that Bernie's idea wasn't a good one. No, no, it was a great. I thought it was a great one. Yeah. But um, but I take your point. But you said uh, you can make rough. Rough puff. Yeah. So what's that? Well, it's like puff pastry. It's just that it doesn't involve so much labour. Now, traditional puff pastry is like seven folds and seven turns, right? So basically, you get your butter. You get essentially puff pastry is flour, water, is it which you make a dough out of. We did a recipe on the website. Yeah, yeah I know. <laughs> and then. But you but, called it rough puff. I don't think you called the one on... No, no, because the one on the website is... Proper. Proper, proper. Yeah, that's why... Uh, so rough yeah. puff is just a shortened version of it. Yeah. Right? So you don't have to fold it as much. You don't have to turn it as much. You don't have to do as many layers. It's a quick version. It's con- It's a common thing. Rough puff. Is it? Yeah. If you just want to do it. So what are the shortcuts? Just not, not... Not as many folds and turns okay. and all the rest of it. Okay. So it does work. I can't remember off the top of my head the difference in the recipe. There may well be a minor difference, but off the top of my head, I can't remember. But yeah, so rough puffs, quick. Freezing your butter for any pastry, like that you're doing, when you're rubbing, if you see a recipe that says rub the butter through the flour, freeze your butter, grate it on a box grater, it will take seconds. Because remember, the warmth of mm. your hand will like help that butter. Yeah. And it will distribute much more evenly throughout the flour. Much more evenly. It's so much faster. All those years. Because <laughs> <laughs> you, you pastry no, no, cook so often. No, no. You? When I was a kid, it was something that my, uh, when my grandmother was down staying with us, she used to love, uh, and I'd be in the kitchen cooking with her, and it'd be, nope, nope, keep rubbing, not fine enough. 
Yeah, well, the more you rub, the more you work the glute. Yeah, the, and the more likely your hands get gonna, sore. You're gonna have to rest it for longer, yeah. so it doesn't shrink. Yeah. So. Yeah. And there's another technique where once you've got your liquid ingredients, so a pastry can either have water or egg yolks. Some people use, or both. Um, there's a technique where you use the oh, the heel of your palm. And you actually, like once it's sort of semi coming together, tip it all out onto your bench and just use the heel of your palm and basically rub your palm through the pastry down onto your bench top. It's called frisage, it's a French mm-hmm. term, right? And that will bring everything together much quicker than like trying to squeeze it together with your fingertips. Oh yeah. Yeah, so okay. there's a couple of like classic French techniques in there. Well, it's which... because, it's because uh, of all those childhood memories and I love my grandma and loved cooking with her. But well, it doesn't to stand really, there really doesn't sound like it. Hours yeah. making, and then to be, you know, like, no, not good enough. I didn't really do a lot of it as an adult. Well, you see, yeah, the funny thing is, is the best pastry that I've ever eaten was um, an ex-partner of mine's grandmother in Adelaide. She was Polish, and she made some sort of, I can't even remember the tart, because I was just that blown away by the pastry. I think it was Christmas time. It was a mince tart. And it was still to this day the best pastry I've ever eaten, and she wouldn't tell me how she did it. She would. She basically sat there and told me that I didn't know anything because I was Australian, <laughs> and I wasn't allowed to be a chef because I'm Australian and all this stuff. But, but nonetheless, her pastry was oh. like melting them. It melted in your mouth. Wow. Like, and she worked on an oven which was outside under the patio, like you, like proper proper old school. But you could not convince her to buy a whisk. Everything was wooden spoon. Yeah. But that handmade, you cannot beat that handmade. But for a convenience thing, absolutely. And let's say you make a pastry, right? Let's just turn this another way. Mm-hmm. Let's say you make a pastry and you go to the effort and you line your tart tin or something and it shrinks. And you've got this baked pastry, but you can't pour anything into it. What are you going to do with it? And you've got your lemon curd there. Why wouldn't you put your lemon curd in a jar or a glass or something like that, crumble the pastry up and sprinkle that on top? There you go. Which when things we go actually wrong. did. Which we, yes. Yeah. When things go wrong. Because my issue with like a lemon tart, which is one of my favourite desserts of all time, is that you're pouring a liquid onto a baked pastry base and over time it will get soggy. Mm. Now, there's only probably a handful of people that I know that consume enough lemon tart, one being your husband, the other being my father-in-law, um, to actually get rid of it before it starts to go soggy. And this was something a challenge that we used to have in restaurants all the time because in a lot of French bistros we used to love serving tart au citron which is lemon tart mm-hmm. um, and it was having to make it every day even though you might only sell one or two portions because you knew yeah. that if you let no matter where you left it overnight it was going to get soggy so when cooking with steam came about one of the first desserts I did was actually yes, pour the lemon that. curd mm-hmm. into a glass and steam that yeah. that way you get the perfect curd so yes. it's that super silky smooth i have made that a few curd. times too yes. and then rather than mm-hmm. worrying about the pastry what we did in that occasion was we made the pastry and froze the pastry and then we grated that pastry yeah. frozen and then baked it then baked and so it. when it came to serving time all we did was put sprinkle the pastry on top so it was like pastry mm-hmm. crumbs dollop of whipped cream it's a lemon tart for all yeah. intents and purposes it's just crunchy. the other way up mm-hmm. and your pastry is crunchy yeah. best part of it crunchy pastry no, that was uh 
No, that was good. That said, that if you do make pastry and you want it to sort of seal, once you've blind baked it, sort of three quarters of the way, brush the entire surface with egg yolk. Not, no water, no nothing else, egg yolk. And it puts a sheen on it, but it will seal it a little bit and it will stop things from going as soggy. There's another tip. Okay. Oh, cool. But yeah, sorry, Bernie. No, no, <laughs> I'm well, not I bagging your idea. No, no, but it was just a clever idea on how to take... Yeah. And, and a, if, particularly for people who, you know, may live alone or don't like sweets. Yeah. You, you go to all that trouble and then you're left with leftovers that you're not going to eat. They don't want to necessarily take home or they forget. Yeah. Um, and I thought it was a really good idea to sort of break it down and people could help themselves. Yeah. And I mean, what you could do is just, I mean, you could go and buy a fr- bag of frozen berries and make a little compote. So you can have like a lemon tart mm. or a, a fruit compote tart or, you know, yeah. whatever. And things like that fruit compots they're super easy and just add a little bit of corn flour as it cooks down and that means when it cools it will thicken just like for a couple of hundred grams just like a half a tablespoon of corn flour while you're cooking it down so it gets nice and juicy and you know and then when it cools that corn flour will thicken it you won't taste it and that way it can sit in a tart shell but you could have like two or three so that's three hot tips two or three little different tarts on the go for when Dougie comes over. <laughs> no, well, for when, yeah, yeah, yeah. because, yeah. you know, some of my friends, you know, would eat desserts rather than a main meal and others, you know, not that fast. But if citrus is in season, you could do lemon, yeah. you could do lime, lime. you know, yeah. mandarin, blood orange. Oh, no, that, now we're talking. Yeah. yeah. Blood orange is a weird one. You've got to be careful because it doesn't, blood orange and sugar is funny together. Like it goes, but you need to be right on the money with the quantities. Like it's a, it can be a bit of a weird mix. And it actually needs lemon juice with it to sharpen it up because blood orange is nowhere near sharp enough. But beautiful colour. You mm. get this nice sort of um, terracotta yeah. orange. Yeah. The little really as little tarts, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. thank you for that. Well, so there you are. I just, no, no, you gave out three really good tips. Uh, okay. And, uh, all I for free, Linda, just for I you. <laughs> for all the pastry cooking that you do. No, well, now I might start it up again now that Rubbish. I know I don't have to Don't lie to the in. listeners. No, but it was, you know, all those hours, man, when I was a kid. But um, but I do like the idea of freezing your butter and grating it. That was in a box grater. Very good idea. Thank you. Pleasure. So thank you and happy cooking everybody out there and thanks for listening and until next time. See See you later. Bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast as we explore home cooking in a modern world. We'd love you to subscribe and for more information please go to our website cookingwithsteam.com.